Chapter 2 Part 1 Jerusalem, the Emanation of the Giant Albion This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nick Duncan Jerusalem, the Emanation of the Giant Albion by William Blake Chapter 2 Part 1 To the Jews Jerusalem, the Emanation of the Giant Albion? Can it be? Is it a truth that the learned have explored? Was Britain the primitive seat of the patriarchal religion? If it is true, my title page is also true, that Jerusalem was and is the emanation of the giant Albion. It is true, and it cannot be controverted. Ye are united, or ye inhabitants of the earth, in one religion, the religion of Jesus, the most ancient, the most eternal and the everlasting gospel. The wicked will turn it to wickedness, the righteous to righteousness. Amen. Huzar Selah. All things begin and end in Albion's ancient druid rocky shore. Your ancestors derive their origin from Abraham, Heber, Shem, and Noah, who were druids. As the druid temples, which are the patriarchal pillars and oak groves over the whole earth, witness to this day. You have a tradition that man anciently contained in his mighty limbs all things in heaven and earth. This you received from the Druids. But now the starry heavens are fled from the mighty limbs of Albion. Albion was the parent of the Druids, and in his chaotic state of sleep, Satan and Adam and the whole world was created by the Elohim. The fields from Islington to Marybone, to Primrose Hill and to St. John's Wood, were builded over with pillars of gold, and there Jerusalem's pillars stood. Her little ones ran on the fields, the Lamb of God among them seen, and fair Jerusalem his bride among the little meadows green. Pancras and Kentish town repose among her golden pillars high, among her golden arches which shine upon the starry sky. The Jews harp house and the green man, the ponds where boys to bathe delight. The fields of cows by William's farm shine in Jerusalem's pleasant light. She walks upon our meadows green, the Lamb of God walks by her side, and every English child is seen, children of Jesus and his bride. Forgiving trespasses and sins, lest Babylon, with cruel og, with moral and self-righteous law, should crucify in Satan's synagogue. But what are those golden builders doing near mournful ever-weeping Paddington, standing above that mighty ruin where Satan the first victory won? Where Albion slept beneath the fatal tree, and the druid's golden knife rioted in human gore, in offerings of human life. They groaned aloud on London's stone, they groaned aloud on Tyburn's brook. Albion gave his steady groan, and all the Atlantic mountains shook. Albion's spectre from his loins tore forth in all the pomp of war. 
Satan his name, in flames of fire he stretch'd his druid pillars far. Jerusalem fell from Lambeth's Vale, down through Poplar and Old Bow, through Malden and across the sea, in war and howling, death and woe. The Rhine was red with human blood, the Danube rolled a purple tide, and on the Euphrates Satan stood, and over Asia stretched his pride. He withered up sweet Zion's hill from every nation of the earth. He withered up Jerusalem's gate, and in a dark land gave her birth. He withered up the human form by laws of sacrifice for sin, Till it became a mortal worm, but oh, translucent all within. The divine vision still was seen, still was human form divine, Weeping in weak and mortal clay, O Jesus, Still the form was thine, and thine the human face, and thine the human hands and feet and breath, entering through the gates of birth and passing through the gates of death. And O thou Lamb of God, whom I slew in my dark self-righteous pride, art thou returned to Albion's land, and is Jerusalem thy bride? Come to my arms and never more depart, but dwell for ever here. Create my spirit to thy love, subdue my spectre to thy fear. Spectre of Albion, warlike fiend, in clouds of blood and ruin rolled, I here reclaim thee as my own, my selfhood, Satan, armed in gold. Is this thy soft family love, thy cruel patriarchal pride, Planting thy family alone, destroying all the world beside. A man's worst enemies are those of his own house and family, And he who makes his law a curse by his own hand shall surely die. In my exchanges every land shall walk, and mine in every land, Mutual shall build Jerusalem, both heart in heart and hand in hand. If humility is Christianity, you, O Jews, are true Christians. If your tradition, that man contained in his limbs all animals, is true, and they are separated from him by cruel sacrifices, and when compulsory cruel sacrifices had brought humanity into a feminine tabernacle, in the loins of Abraham and David, the Lamb of God, the Saviour, became apparent on earth, as prophets had foretold. The return of Israel is a return to mental sacrifice and war. Take up the cross, O Israel, and follow Jesus. Chapter 2 Every ornament of perfection, every labour of love, in all the Garden of Eden, and in all the golden mountains was become an envied horror and a remembrance of jealousy, and every act a crime, and Albion the punisher and judge. And Albion spoke from his secret seat and said, All these ornaments are crimes. They are made by the labours of loves, of unnatural consanguinities and friendships, horrid to think of when inquired deeply into. 
and all these hills and valleys are accursed witnesses of sin. I therefore condense them into solid rocks, steadfast, a foundation and certainty and demonstrative truth, that man be separate from man, and here I plant my seat. Cold snows drifted around him, ice covered his loins around. He sat by Tyburn's brook, and underneath his heel shot up a deadly tree. He named it Moral Virtue, and the law of God who dwells in chaos hidden from human sight. The tree spread over him its cold shadows. Albion groaned. They bent down, they felt the earth, and again, in rooting, shot into many a tree, an endless labyrinth of woe. From willing sacrifice of self to sacrifice of miscalled enemies for atonement. Albion began to erect twelve altars of rough unhewn rocks before the potter's furnace. He named them Justice and Truth. And Albion's sons must have become its first victims, being the first transgressors. But they fled to the mountains to seek ransom building a strong fortification against the divine humanity and mercy, in shame and jealousy, to annihilate Jerusalem. Then the divine vision, like a silent sun, appeared over Albion's dark rocks, setting behind the gardens of Kensington on Tyburn's river, in clouds of blood. Where was mild Zion's hill's most ancient promontory? And in the sun a human form appeared, and thus the voice divine went forth upon the rocks of Albion. I elected Albion for my glory, I gave him the nations of the whole earth. He was the angel of my presence, and all the sons of God were Albion's sons, and Jerusalem was my joy. The reactor hath hid himself through envy, I behold him. But you cannot behold him till he be revealed in his system. Albion's reactor must have a place prepared. Albion must sleep the sleep of death, till the man of sin and repentance be revealed. Hidden in Albion's forest he lurks. He admits no reply from Albion, but hath founded his reaction into a law of action for obedience to destroy the contraries of man, he hath compelled Albion to become a punisher, and hath possessed himself of Albion's forests and wilds. The city of the woods in the forest of Ephrata is taken. London is a stone of her ruins. Oxford is the dust of her walls. Sussex and Kent are her scattered garments. Ireland her holy place, and the murdered bodies of her little ones are Scotland and Wales. The cities of the nations are the smoke of her consummation. The nations are her dust, ground by the chariot wheels of her lordly conquerors, her palaces levelled with the dust. I come that I may find a way for my banished ones to return. Fear not, O little flock, I come. Albion shall rise again. So saying, the mild sun enclosed the human family. 
Forthwith from Albion's darkening locks came two immortal forms, saying, We alone are escaped, O merciful Lord and Saviour, we flee from the interiors of Albion's hills and mountains, from his valleys eastward, from Amalek, Canaan and Moab, beneath his vast ranges of hills surrounding Jerusalem. Albion walked on the steps of fire before his halls, and Vala walked with him in dreams of soft deluding slumber. He looked up and saw the Prince of Light with splendour faded. Then Albion ascended, mourning into the porches of his palace. Above him rose a shadow from his wearied intellect of living gold, pure, perfect, holy, in white linen pure he hovered, a sweet entrancing self-delusion, a watery vision of Albion, soft exulting in existence, all the man absorbing. Albion fell upon his face prostrate before the watery shadow, saying, O Lord, whence is this change? Thou knowest I am nothing. And Vala trembled and covered her face, and her locks were spread on the pavement. We heard astonished at the vision, and our hearts trembled within us. We heard the voices of slumbrous Albion, and thus he spake, idolatrous to his own shadow words of eternity, uttering, O oh, I am nothing when I enter into judgment with thee. If thou withdraw thy breath, I die, and vanish into Hades. If thou dost lay thine hand upon me, behold, I am silent. If thou withhold thine hand, I perish like a falling leaf. O oh, I am nothing, and to nothing must return again. If thou withdraw thy breath, behold, I am oblivion. He ceased. The shadowy voice was silent, but the cloud hovered over their heads in golden wreaths. The sorrow of man and the balmy drops fell down. And lo, that son of man, that shadowy spirit of mild Albion, Luva, descended from the cloud. In terror, Albion rose, indignant rose the awful man, and turned his back on Vala. We heard the voice of Albion starting from his sleep. Whence is this voice crying, Aeneon, that soundeth in my ears? O cruel pity, O dark deceit, can love seek for dominion? And Luva strove to gain dominion over Albion. They strove together above the body where Vala was enclosed, and the dark body of Albion left prostrate upon the crystal pavement, covered with boils from head to foot, the terrible smitings of Luva. Then frowned the fallen man, and put forth Luva from his presence, saying, Go and die the death of man, for Vala the sweet wanderer, I will turn the volitions of your ears outward, and bend your nostrils downwards, and your fluxile eyes englobed roll around in fear. Your withering lips and tongue shrink up into a narrow circle, till into narrow forms you creep. Go, take your fiery way, and learn what tis to absorb the man, you spirits of pity and love. They heard the voice and fled swift as the winter's setting sun. And now the human blood foamed high, and the spirits of Luva and Vala 
When down the human heart where Paradise and its joys abounded In jealous fears and fury and rage, and flames roll around their fervid feet, And the vast form of nature like a serpent played before them, As they fled in folding fires and thunders of the deep, Vala shrunk in like the dark sea that leaves its slimy banks, And from her bosom Luva fell as far east and west, and the vast form of nature like a serpent rolled between. Whether of Jerusalem's or Vala's ruins congenerated we know not. All is confusion, all is tumult, and we alone are escaped. So spoke the fugitives. They joined the divine family trembling. And the two that escaped were the emanation of Los and his spectre. For wherever the emanation goes, the spectre attends her as her guard, and Los's emanation is named Enitharmon, and his spectre is named Urthona. They knew not where to flee. They had been on a visit to Albion's children, and they strove to weave a shadow of the emanation to hide themselves, weeping and lamenting for the vegetation of Albion's children, fleeing through Albion's vales in streams of gore. Being not irritated by insult, bearing insulting benevolences, they perceived that corporeal friends are spiritual enemies. They saw the sexual religion in its embryon uncircumcision. And the divine hand was upon them, bearing them through darkness, back safe to their humanity, as doves to their windows. Therefore the sons of Eden praise Urthona's spectre in songs, because he kept the divine vision in time of trouble. They wept and trembled, and Los put forth his hand and took them in, into his bosom, from which Albin shrunk in dismal pain. Bending the fibres of brotherhood, and in feminine allegories enclosing Los. But the divine vision appeared with Los, following Albion into his central void among his oaks. And Los prayed and said, O divine Saviour, arise upon the mountains of Albion as in ancient time. Behold, the cities of Albion seek thy face. London groans in pain from hill to hill, and the Thames laments along the valleys. The little villages of Middlesex and Surrey hunger and thirst. The twenty-eight cities of Albion stretch out their hands to thee, because of the oppressors of Albion in every city and village. They mock at the labourer's limbs, they mock at his starved children. They buy his daughters that they may have powers to sell his sons. They compel the poor to live upon a crust of bread by soft, mild arts. They reduce the man to want and then give with pomp and ceremony. The praise of Jehovah is chaunted from lips of hunger and thirst. Humanity knows not of sex, where four are sexes in Beulah. In Beulah the female lets down her beautiful tabernacle, which the male enters magnificent between her cherubim, and becomes one with her, mingling, condensing in self-love. The rocky law of condemnation and double generation and death Albion hath entered the loins, the place of last judgment. 
and Luvah hath drawn the curtains around Albion in Vala's bosom. The dead awake to generation. Arise, O Lord, and rend the veil. So Los in lamentations followed Albion. Albion covered his western heaven with rocky clouds of death and despair. Fearing that Albion should turn his back against the divine vision, Los took his globe of fire to search the interiors of Albion's bosom, in all the terrors of friendship, entering the caves of despair and death, to search the tempters out, walking among Albion's rocks and precipices, caves of solitude and dark despair, and saw every minute particular of Albion, degraded and murdered, but saw not by whom. They were hidden within the minute particulars of which they had possessed themselves, and they take up the articulations of a man's soul, and laughing throw it down into the frame, then knock it out upon the plank, and souls are baked into bricks that build the pyramids of Haber and Terah. But loss searched in vain, closed from the minutiae, Difficult he came down from Highgate through Hackney and Holloway toward London, till he came to Old Stratford, and thence to Stepney and the Isle of Euthus Dogs, thence through the narrows of the river's side, and saw every minute particular, the jewels of Albion running down the kennels of the streets and lanes, as if they were abhorred from every universal form, was become barren mountains of moral virtue and every minute particular hardened into grains of sand, and all the tenderness of the soul cast forth as filth and mire among the winding places of deep contemplation intricate, to where the Tower of London frowned dreadful over Jerusalem, a building of Louvain builded in Jerusalem's eastern gate to be his secluded court, thence to Bethlehem where was builded dens of despair in the house of bread, Inquiring in vain of stones and rocks, he took his way, for human form was none, and thus he spoke, looking on Albion's city with many tears. What shall I do? What could I do if I could find these criminals? I could not dare to take vengeance, for all things are so constructed and builded by the divine hand that the sinner shall always escape. And he who takes vengeance alone is the criminal of providence. If I should dare to lay my finger on a grain of sand in way of vengeance, I punish the already punished. O whom should I pity if I pity not the sinner who is gone astray? O Albion, if thou takest vengeance, if thou revengest thy wrongs, thou art lost for ever. What can I do to hinder the sons of Albion from taking vengeance? Or how shall I then persuade? So spoke Los, travelling through darkness and horrid solitude, and he beheld Jerusalem in Westminster and Marybone, among the ruins of the temple, and Vala, who is her shadow. Jerusalem's shadow bent northward over the island white. At length he sat on London stone and heard Jerusalem's voice. Albion, I cannot be thy wife. Thine own minute particulars belong to God alone, and all thy little ones are holy. 
they are of faith and not of demonstration. Wherefore is Vala clothed in black mourning upon my river's currents? Vala, awake! I hear thy shuttles sing in the sky, and round my limbs I feel the iron threads of love and jealousy and despair. Vala replied, Albion is mine. Luvah gave me to Albion, and now receives reproach and hate. Was it not said of old, Set your son before a man, and he shall take you and your sons for slaves? But set your daughter before a man, and she shall make him and his sons and daughters your slaves for ever. And is this faith? Behold, the strife of Albion and Luvah is great in the east. Their spears of blood rage in the eastern heaven. Urizen is the champion of Albion. They will slay my Luvah. And thou, O harlot daughter, daughter of despair, art all this cause of these shakings of my towers on Euphrates. Here is the house of Albion, and here is thy secluded place. And here we have found thy sins, and hence we turn thee forth for all to avoid thee, to be astonished at thee for thy sins, because thou art the impurity and the harlot, and thy children, children of whoredoms, born for sacrifice, for their meat and drink offering, to sustain the glorious combat and battle and war, that man may be purified by the death of thy delusions. So saying, her dark threads cast over the trembling river and over the valleys, from the hills of Hertfordshire to the hills of Surrey, across Middlesex and across Albion's house of eternity. Pale stood Albion at his eastern gate. Leaning against the pillars, and his disease rose from his skirts, upon the precipice he stood, ready to fall into non-entity. Loss was all astonishment and terror. He trembled, sitting on the stone of London. But with the interiors of Albion's fibres and nerves were hidden from Loss. Astonished, he beheld only the petrified surfaces, and he saw his furnaces in ruins, for Los is the demon of the furnaces. He saw also the four points of Albion reversed inwards. He sees his hammer and tongs, his iron poker and his bellows, upon the valleys of Middlesex, shouting loud for aid divine. In stern defiance came from Albion's bosom Hand, Hyle, Coburn, Guantock, Peachy, Brereton, Slade, Houghton, Schofield, Coke, Cotope, Bowen, Albion's sons. They bore him a golden couch into the porch, and the couch reposed his limbs, trembling from the bloody field, rearing their druid patriarchal rocky temples around his limbs. All things begin and end in Albion's ancient druid rocky shore. Turning his back to the divine visions, his spectrous chaos before his face appeared an unformed memory. Then spoke spectrous chaos to Albion, darkening, cold, from the back and loins where dwell the spectrous dead. I am your rational power, O Albion, and that human form you call divine is but a worm seventy inches long that creeps forth in a night and is dried in the morning sun. In fortuitous concourse of memories accumulated and lost. 
it ploughs the earth in its own conceit, it overwhelms the hills beneath its winding labyrinths, till a stone of the brook stops it in midst of its pride among hills and rivers. Battersea and Chelsea mourn, and London and Canterbury tremble. Their place shall not be found as the wind passes over. The ancient cities of the earth remove as a traveller. And shall Albion's cities remain when I pass over them, with my deluge of forgotten remembrance over the tablet? So spoke the spectre to Albion. He is the great selfhood, Satan, worshipped as God by the mighty ones of the earth, having a white dot called a centre, from which branches out a circle in continual gyrations. This became a heart, from which sprang numerous branches, varying their motions, producing many heads, three or seven or ten, and hands and feet innumerable at will of the unfortunate contemplator who becomes his food. Such is the way of the devouring power. And this is the cause of the appearance in the frowning chaos. Albion's emanation, which he had hidden in jealousy, appeared now on the frowning chaos, prolific upon the chaos, reflecting back to Albion in sexual reasoning, hermaphroditic. Albion spoke, Who art thou that appearest in gloomy pomp, involving the divine vision in colours of autumn ripeness? I never saw thee till this time, nor beheld life abstracted, nor darkness inmingled with light on my furrowed field. Whence camest thou? Who art thou, O loveliest? The divine vision is as nothing before thee. Faded is all life and joy. Vala replied in clouds of tears, Albion's garment embracing. I was a city and a temple built by Albion's children. I was a garden planted with beauty. I allured on hill and valley, the river of life, to flow against my walls and among my trees. Vala was Albion's bride and wife in great eternity. The loveliest of the daughters of eternity, when in daybreak I emanated from Luva over the towers of Jerusalem, and in her courts, among her little children, offering up the sacrifice of fanatic love. Why was I one with her embracing the vision of Jesus? Wherefore did I, loving, create love, which never yet inmingled God and man, when thou and I hid the divine vision in a cloud of secret gloom, which, behold, involved me round about? Know me now, Albion, look upon me, I alone am beauty. The imaginative human form is but a breathing of Vala. I breathe him forth into the heaven of my secret cave, born of woman to obey the woman. O Albion the mighty, for the divine appearance is brotherhood, but I am love, elevate into the region of brotherhood with my red fires. Art thou Vala? replied Albion image of my repose? Oh, how I tremble, how my members pour down milky fear! A dewy garment covers me all over, all manhood is gone. At thy word and at thy look death enrobes me about from head to feet, 
a garment of death and eternal fear. Is not the sun thy husband, and that moon thy glimmering veil? Are not the stars of heaven thy children? Art thou not Babylon? Art thou nature, mother of all? Is Jerusalem thy daughter? Why have thou elevate inwards, O dweller of outward chambers, From grot and cave beneath the moon, Dim region of death, Where I laid my plough in the hot sun, Where my hot team fed, Where implements of war were forged, The plough to go over the nations, In pain girding me round like a rib of iron in heaven. O oh, Vala, in eternity they neither marry nor are given in marriage. Albion, the high cliff of the Atlantic, is become a barren land. Los stood at his anvil, he heard the contentions of Vala, he heaved his thundering bellows upon the valleys of Middlesex, he opened his furnaces before Vala. Then Albion frowned in anger on his rock, and ere yet the starry heavens were fled away from his awful members, and thus Los cried aloud to the sons of Albion, and to Hand, the eldest son of Albion. I hear the screech of childbirth loud pealing, and the groans of death, in Albion's clouds dreadful, uttered over all the earth. What may man be? Who can tell? But what may woman be, to have power over man, from cradle to corruptible grave? There is a throne in every man, it is the throne of God. This woman has claimed as her own, and man is no more. Albion is the tabernacle of Vala and her temple, and not the tabernacle and temple of the Most High. O Albion, why wilt thou create a female will, to hide the most evident God in a hidden covert, even in the shadows of a woman, and a secluded holy place, that we may pry after him as after a stolen treasure, hidden among the dead, and mured up from the paths of life. Hand, art thou not Reuben, in rooting thyself into Bashan, till thou remainest a vaporous shadow in a void? O Merlin, unknown among the dead, where never before existence came, is this the female will, O ye lovely daughters of Albion, to converse concerning weight and distance in the wilds of Newton and Locke? So Los spoke, standing on Mamtur, looking over Europe and Asia. The graves thunder beneath his feet from Ireland to Japan. Reuben slept in Bashan like one dead in the valley, cut off from Albion's mountains and from all the earth's summits. Between Sukkot and Zaretan, beside the stone of Bohan, while the daughters of Albion divided Lufar into three bodies, Los bended his nostrils down to the earth, then sent him over Jordan to the land of the Hittite. Everyone that saw him fled. They fled from his horrible form, they hid in caves and dens, they looked on one another and became what they beheld. Reuben returned to Bashan. In despair he slept on the stone, 
Then Gwendolen divided into Rahab and Tirzah in twelve portions. Los rolled his eyes into narrow circles. Then sent him over Jordan, all terrified, fled. They became what they beheld. If perceptive organs vary, objects of perception seem to vary. If the perceptive organs close, their objects seem to close also. Consider this, O mortal man, a worm of sixty winters, said Los. Consider sexual organization and hide thee in the dust. Then the divine hand found the two limits, Satan and Adam, in Albion's bosom. For in every human bosom those limits stand. And the divine voice came from the furnaces as multitudes without number. The voices of the innumerable multitudes of eternity. And the appearance of a man was seen in the furnaces, saving those who have sinned from the punishment of the law, in pity of the punisher whose state is eternal death, and keeping them from sin by mild counsels of his love. Albion goes to eternal death. In me all eternity must pass through condemnation, and awake beyond the grave. No individual can keep these laws, for they are death to every energy of man, and forbid the springs of life. Albion hath entered the state Satan. Be permanent, O state, and be thou for ever accursed, that Albion may arise again, and be thou created into a state. I go forth to create states, to deliver individuals evermore. Amen. So spoke the voice from the furnaces, descending into non-entity. Reuben returned to his place. In vain he sought beautiful Tirzah, for his eyelids were narrowed, and his nostrils scented the ground. And sixty winters loss raged in the divisions of Reuben, building up the moon of Ulro, plank by plank, rib by rib. Reuben slept in the cave of Adam, and Los folded his tongue between his lips of mire and clay. Then sent him forth over Jordan, in the love of Tirzah, he said, Doubt is my food, day and night. All that beheld him fled howling, and gnawed their tongues for pain. They became what they beheld. In reasonings, Reuben returned to Heshbon. Disconsolate, he walked through Moab, and he stood before the furnaces of Los in a horrible, dreamful slumber, on Mount Gilead, looking toward Gilgal, and Los bended his ear in a spiral circle outward, then sent him over Jordan. The seven nations fled before him. They became what they beheld. Hand Hyle and Coban fled. They became what they beheld. Guantok and Peachy hid in Damascus beneath Mount Lebanon. Brereton and Slade in Egypt. Houghton and Schofield and Cox fled over Chaldea in terror, in pains in every nerve. Kotob and Bowen became what they beheld, fleeing over the earth. And the twelve female emanations fled with them, agonizing. Jerusalem trembled, seeing her children driven by Los's hammer, in the visions of the dreams of Beulah on the edge of nonentity. Hand stood between Reuben 
and Merlin as the reasoning spectre stands between the vegetative man and his immortal imagination. And the four Zoas clouded rage, east and west and north and south. They change their situations. In the universal man, Albion groans. He sees the elements divide before his face. And England, who is Britannia, divided into Jerusalem and Vala. And Urizen assumes the east, Luvah assumes the south. Is his dark spectre ravening from his open sepulchre? And the four Zoas, who are the four eternal senses of man, become four elements, separating from the limbs of Albion. These are their names in the vegetative generation. And accident and chance were found hidden in length, breadth, and height. And they divided into four ravening death-like forms, fairies and genii and nymphs and gnomes of the elements. These are states permanently fixed by the divine power. The Atlantic continent sunk round Albion's cliffy shore, and the sea poured in amain upon the giants of Albion, as loss bended the senses of Reuben. Reuben is Merlin exploring the three states of Ulro, creation, redemption, and judgment. And many of the Eternal Ones laughed after their manner. Have you known the judgment that is arisen among the Zoas of Albion, where a man dare hardly to embrace his own wife, for the terrors of chastity that they call by the name of morality? Their daughters govern all in hidden deceit. They are vegetable, fit only for burning. Art and science cannot exist, but by naked beauty displayed. Then those in great eternity who contemplate on death said thus, what seems to be is, to those to whom it seems to be, and is productive of the most dreadful consequences, to those to whom it seems to be, even of torments, despair, eternal death. But the divine mercy steps beyond, and redeems man in the body of Jesus. Amen. And the length, breadth, height again obey the divine vision. Hallelujah. End of chapter 2 Part 1